Dadlaw Project is here to help, educate and inspire Aussie blokes to reclaim their physical and mental strength. This episode of the Deadbod Project podcast features audio from the All Fun and Games YouTube series, where we get a well-known personality from sports or entertainment, play an old-fashioned board game, and have a good old-fashioned yak. Some of the stuff we talk about is around the Dadbod pillars of diet training and mental health, and some of the stories are just enlightening or entertaining, or just downright piss funny. This is the Dadbod Project podcast. This is the Dadbod Project. The Dad Bod Project. Project. Today's chat is with Aussie music legend Jack Jones, where we talk all things John Farnham, Southern Sons, Rebecca Gibney, and how he had the best hair in Aussie music. Jack, how are you, brother? Buddy, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. You're looking fit. You're ready, mate. I'm feeling pretty good. Well, you've inspired me. The last time I saw you was the beginning of... That was going to be my first question. The madness. Yeah. Um... So, you know, I guess you have two choices, don't you? Or maybe I just had one choice. Maybe. Just to make the best of this t- situation. So I thought f- uh, straight out of the gate, I had to lose a bit of, lose a bit of weight. Wow. And, uh, and had to be creative. So, so, mate, thank you. Thanks for that acknowledgement. It's been a, yeah, it's been a crazy little... Well, it, it is. It's worth mentioning because the last time we were in a room together yeah. and for those watching, th- we're shooting this in the middle of November. It was the middle of March. Yeah. We're doing a gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this COVID... And we t- COVID had been a thing for a couple of weeks. We'd sort of discussed it, but it wasn't really real and it wasn't going to impact us too heavily or so we thought. Yeah. A couple of weeks maybe. We're, yeah, we're, we're doing a gig and then you're about to go on and we hear that we're actually getting shut down. And so you and we had half an hour of sort of... Shock of sort of going, yeah, how are we going to close our businesses and not gig and all that stuff yeah. for what we thought was going to be six or eight weeks? I know, right? Or in the middle of November, and here we are. Yeah, but I know. You haven't wasted your time. No. Well, Reggie was there. There was the. It yeah. was you, Reggie, and I. And, and uh, Reg said to me, um, he goes, "This is how I'm going to show up for you, mate. This is what I'm going to do. I want an idea from you a week." And I think he perhaps may have underestimated. Look, he was. He was, he was making an effort to probably spare me from going a bit cuckoo because, uh, you know, I'd moved out to the, at the country and I was on my own. And uh, he goes, I want an idea a week and we'll just work up the ideas. You know, we'll just, we'll just kind of, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just take it easy, but I want an idea a week. Well, look, you know, we're 30 songs in, finished now, um, plus, you know, this, uh, this vault campaign this sort of you know unreleased and we've got three uh, volumes of that there's two yeah. jack jones ones on an Owen thomas one there's a full owen thomas record a full jack jones record. it's so weird talking about i guess if like you were in a band you'd say like the band name and then Absolutely. the solo artist name I suppose. Yeah. but um you know so we've definitely tried to make the most of the time reg was out only a couple of days ago but but yeah look we really had to just make the Make the best of it, mate. Because, yeah. you know, what else are you going to do? And right? you did. And the stuff, for what it's worth, uh, you know, the vault, it, it is brilliant. It does, if anyone watches this, it, mm-hmm. it absolutely deserves your attention. By the way, you chill go first. By is the way. it really? Yeah, you can go. I think the guest goes first. Well, look, take your best shot. You are, I yeah, let, since let, I was about. Let's <laughs> go nuts. Well, I've been practicing hard, so I win. <laughs> let's go back to the year, and about, well, it was about 1990 or thereabouts. Yeah. And you had wicked hair. Oh, well. It was, it was flowing. It clearly, was, I'm wearing a hat today, it so was that tells shiny, you everything you need to know. It, was, um, <laughs> it had everything your hair. Yeah. And um, 
<laughs> we could probably do an episode just on your hair, it was that good. But anyway, so at that time, John Farnham, who's like the, the doyen of vocalists in Australia right. and, and, and the, the, at the peak of his career, you're not even 20 years old and you end up in his band. How, yeah. how is that even? So, okay. So it's funny because I was just talking about him the other day to someone. I was like, this guy just isn't human. He's just not. Anyway. Um, I was in a, a Van Halen cut. So when I was, okay, when I was 14, there's a, there's a whole history before I was 14 and, and the band, but I won't, it's, we don't have that kind of time. So basically when I was 14, I saw Virgil Donati on, a, on a, uh, this thing called the Don Burroughs Collection. And it was like a jazz kind of thing late at night. And, and it was Australia, usually Australian or international artists would come and play on this show, you know. I think it was on the ABC or something like that. And, um, and I saw Virgil Donati playing with a, a woman named, his name is Linda Cable. Anyway, I looked at the TV and I was like, I'm gonna play in a band with that guy one day. Like, wow. I'm gonna do that. At 14? At 14, I was just like, I'm gonna play in a band. How long had you been playing at this point? Like, how long I took, had you I been? I started taking lessons when I was 11, okay. like properly. So mm. like when I say properly, like that was when I was doing at least an hour a day. And some days I'd get up, you know, three hours before I went to school and practice and then I'd come home and my mum had photos of me on, my, on the bed, like, you know, with the guitar and I'd be asleep. And you must have, and, and sorry to interject there, but you loved it that much that you were prepared to just dedicate I just, everything. Yeah, and look, I think... It, was it love? I mean, it was yeah, love. Yeah, it was, it was love. And the thing that music kind of gave me was, uh, I mean, not, not, to, not to rag on where I grew up, because where I grew up was a great place, but... You know, there was a, musically there was a ceiling there. And as far yeah. as like career paths go, there was, a, you know, like if you weren't going to do A, B, C or D, then, you know, you probably had to, had to get out of there yeah. to, to explore any other options, you know. Um, so for me, it was a bit of a ticket to, and also more than getting out of where I was growing up, it was more getting into a community of people that, um, you know, that are like my peers that I really wanted to yeah. kind of hang with and, and have the, be, be, just become part of this sort of musical community, I guess. So, you know, I was practicing pretty hard. I was working pretty, pretty tirelessly and I was in a bunch of little bands and stuff and we were doing a lot of different things. So I, I was pretty much just living, eat, eating, breathing, sleeping music during that time. And I, uh, yeah, I saw Virgin, I was like, I'm gonna play in a band with him one day. Anyway. I'd auditioned for this. I'd auditioned for this band called the Cutters when I was 14 as well. Right. And that band actually had Virgil Zanardi in it, and that came out of this when I was slightly just before, like when I was a bit you know, like 12 or 13. I used to get the train to Melbourne every Saturday morning, and I used to hang out in the music stores. I'll tell you the whole story. I might as well because this is how you get to the end of it, right? So. So I used to get the train, I'd get, six up, get up at six in the morning, get the train to, so there from Gippsland, the train to Melbourne, and I'd just walk around the city. And I'd, I'd find Allen's and I found Brash's and then yeah. there was Davis Music. And I'd just go and hang out in these music stores, like until I think the 120 train went back to Tarragon. Wow. Uh, so I met these guys, uh, these guys that worked in those places. And I met a guy named Jeff Wright. And anyway, eventually over time and stuff, he was quite a mentor for me. He used to, he used to come up and then I'd spend the weekend with him and his wife and stuff. And he'd jam with guys and he'd take me along to these jams. And anyway, eventually he said, there's this, there's this guy, Virgil Donati. I'm like, I know who he is. And I, he goes, yeah. he's in this band called The Cutters and they're looking for a guitar player. 
Wow. I'm just this pimply-faced kid from yeah. Gippsland. Like from Were you identifying as a guitar player at that point? Yeah. So for Not me, it was like, that was yeah. what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to be... Right. I just wanted to be a guitar player. I didn't even yeah. want to think about singing in a band. Yeah. To me, singing was just like, if I could sing a bit, I'll probably get that gig playing guitar with Over the guy that can't. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That was it. Yeah. So I auditioned for that. I mean, it just must have been ridiculous. The, uh, the manager must have looked at me and just thought, what's this kid doing here? Yeah. Like... He can't even, he's not even old enough to get yeah. into a venue. Yes. How can he end up being in, a, in our band? That's my go. So, yeah. um, so anyway, I was like, I auditioned, I got the call, was absolutely devastated that I didn't get the, get the job. So you thought you were, uh, were going to get it? Well, I just lived into this possibility that it was yeah. going to happen for me. You know? So I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I can do this. But anyway, it wasn't meant to be. And um, so I went to America for a little while and then I came back. When I came back, I got a gig playing this, in this cover band in Melbourne and then I went into another cover band and from that I got a call from this guy Virgil Tonati one day and he goes, I'm putting a Van Halen cover band together, I hear that you're a, a great singer, would you like to be the singer in it? And I was like, there's wow. no way I'm going to be the singer in that band. I said, I can't sing man, I'm not the singer for that band, I'm telling you now I couldn't sing that stuff. I said, but do you have a guitar player because I'd love to be the guitar player in wow. that band. So you were Eddie Van Halen and not David Lee Roth That's at the right. time. That's right. I just thought, I can't, there's no way, you know, I don't know how. I was thinking to myself, but I would have done anything to be in a band with that guy. Yeah. So I didn't want to give up the opportunity, but I also knew that it was probably beyond my capabilities as a singer to do that, to, to, to serve that. There that are a lot role. of high kicks and spandex as well in that role, potentially. Well, it's not just the vocals. I can feel the hammy just, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> it was a... And, well, that was also Sammy Hager days. Right, okay. So those songs are, you know, like dreams and stuff. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? I yeah, yeah. Who even told you that I could sing this stuff? Yeah. Um, however, I, I wanted the opportunity to, to play with him. And he said, um, he goes, well, look, I've got a guitar player. But, and, and in Virgil's style, he would always look for, a, he was always hunting for young cats that he could kind of, we'll say groom. That's probably not a great word in this culture but sure. to really develop uh at, you know yeah. and he was always looking for young hungry cats to play you know to yes. play with and well you were certainly hungry and at any does any opportunity you know i would ha take to to work with him so i auditioned and i got the gig and anyway about a year later um we were doing a sh uh, and so i didn't really sing i'd oh. never really i sang a few bvs so virgin never really heard me sing I was, this is so cliche but, but you're still, so you're still doing the, sol the Eddie Van Halen solos in this band, and yeah. how old are you at this point? So then? I'm 17, 18. So even that's still pretty spectacular, isn't it? Yeah. I well, mean, look, that, I, that's I, not, they're not easy parts. Yeah, I, I never thought, I think that I was, because I'd never even really listened to Van Halen mm. before I got that gig. Um, I mean, it was through that that I really became, uh, well, obsessed with, Edward's guitar playing, right. you know, through that. Um, but it was a real enigma to me because it was a whole genre of me. I mean, you know, I was into Steve Vai right. and guys like that, you know, and, and before that I was into guys like Larry Carlton. And, um, so, but I wanted the, I just wanted to work with him. Yeah. So I would have done any work that it would have, you know, any, Anything that it required. You would have worn any spandex. I would have done it. Yeah, I, would have, I even wore that, my cowboy boot, boots on the you know, outside of my jeans. Wow. Um, so, um, so basically, I get the, get the gig playing guitar. 
our singer's sick one day at Soundcheck and I sing a couple of songs. And Verge just, just pulls, me, pulls me aside and goes, mate, come out to the car, I want you to have a listen to some stuff. I was like, great. So I had a listen to, um, to some songs and he goes, we're looking for a singer in, the, in this band. At that stage they were called The State. There was a whole bunch of stuff that was going on, sort of record company politics or I don't know. There were things, the record company was getting a bit lukewarm on the, on the band and, and Phil had started writing with, um, with, or, uh, with John. So all of a sudden he'd sort of he heard his songs get taken to another place with a greater range, I guess sing with a greater range. Yeah. So all of a sudden I, was, I went into the studio and um, you know, recorded six or seven songs of which I'd just found on a cassette three days ago in my lockup. Wow. This, this cassette, I don't know if it's even gonna survive putting it in a, in a cassette player. It's been there for 25 years. This is years. the Vault Volume 4. This, that's right, that's oh. right. There'll, there'll probably be a, a, a vault in that. Uh, oh, it's brutal, it's brutal. This is how you do it. You distract, brutal. The, distract the guest All right. and away you go. So I'm gonna give that one to you as well, yeah. probably. Um, so anyway, as fate would have it, I end up getting this gig playing in the band. And then as fate would have it, Brett uh, Gar said, I mean, it took two of us to replace him, to, you know, in John's band. He was off playing with Nelson and doing a bunch of other things in the US. Um, and all the planets just aligned, all yeah. these things converged and all of a sudden, I was doing the gig that, it was ironic really, because I mean the real, the true, the true irony and the, and what was lost on me at the time was, I always wanted to be the guitar player in someone's band, like, or the MD. Like that's yeah. who I was growing into as a kid, like studying yeah. guitar. I never wanted to be a rock star or a pop star, or I never wanted to be the front guy in a band. Yeah. But again, you know what? I would have done anything to play in a band with Virgil Dino. Yeah. So I ended up being the singer in that band, and but that, essentially, that was the trajectory to me playing in John's band, which was really what, that was all I wanted to do. Yeah. And that was the greatest sort of. It's not all, but like, that was, my dream mm. as a kid growing up. Like. And you're still not even twenty, and you're there. Yeah. Yeah, it you know, really when you can sit when you look because that was a gig that's a gig that everyone would have wanted. Right? Yeah, it only and not goes only that, down from there. And ve <laughs> like, but and very few are good enough to do it. And the fact that you do it at that age is quite remarkable. Yeah, so it was essentially then your gifts as a singer were essentially discovered by Virgil. Yeah, and then instance. I had to just grow into it. And I think yeah. I've really only just now. I can honestly say in the last and full circling back to the beginning of our conversation, this whole whole COVID time. Yeah. Like, you know, even though in 2002 I made the evolution of Earl Thomas, and that was probably the real uh, genesis of my, me starting to come into my songwriter. Right. Within, you know, part yeah. of me as an, as an art, that part of my artistic palette, you know, that was probably really when I felt like I was starting to come into my own. Okay. Um, but then again, in this last sort of year, um, 
doing it all over again, sort of rediscovering that and this thing with Reg, like Reg and I have just become a, we've really reconnected, which is I've, like I'm a, a incredible experience for me because we've stayed in contact during the whole time since the sun's, you know, yeah. peaked and troughed. And um, so he and I and Reg and, uh, Reg and I and Virgin and I have been in most contact. I didn't see Jeff when the band broke up till we reunited a year ago. And, um, and Phil I hadn't spoke to since then as well. Is that right? Wow. But you know, I, I guess I just landed my dream gig at 19 and then from there I kind of had to grow into this voice. Um, That's, it's interesting, I mean look, there's so many interesting things in that, particularly to the trajectory that got you to 19 when yeah. clearly how badly you want it. And a kid at this age now who can flick on YouTube all day oh, long no. and, and access that stuff. But the flip side yeah. is that you had to catch a train at six o'clock in the morning, yeah. you know, and just put that commitment out to the universe to say, this yeah. is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'll keep doing it until it works. It's quite, quite an amazing story. This is the Dad Bod Project. There was a real next big thing tang around your neck at that point. Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. You man. know, like, and, and it was so big that it transcended, it wasn't just inside the industry, it was like this kid yeah. is, he is the shit, right? And of course I was, the, you know, by a lot of people I was touted as the next... John Farnham, yeah. And that was... There was I think I heard Ray Martin say that once. You very well may have. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that, that so was, was that hard? Was that... Oh, it was, it was, it was unbearable. Was and it? the thing is, yeah. is, when you think about it, I mean, it was, it's like, there's nothing wrong in that. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong in, like, it's what who could who could ask for a greater compliment? Yeah. And it was never me trying to. It was never me going. I don't want to fucking be like John Farnham. Like, it was mm. never that. It was like, you can't like. Yeah. I just wanted to be the guitar player. Yeah. And all of the sudden, you're on a hiding to nothing. Really. This pressure, yeah. like, yeah. to deliver. And I'm. I would look at John and go, the guy is a freak of nature he's a he's a hu superhuman uh you know he's got superhuman vocal abilities for god's sake don't compare me to this guy yeah because the pressure was was just you know yeah and i had no i had there was i was not equipped at all to deal with any right. of any of that coming into that again yeah. i just wanted to play in a band with virgil yeah and the other thing yeah. too, you think at that age, because a lot of singers, and I think a lot of people in any field, I think it's it you, me. mate, yeah. right, it, they will, you know, you, I think a lot of singers only work out the sort of singer they are. They're probably in their 40s for they work yeah. it out, you know, particularly because yeah. we're all, as singers, you're doing a lot of different things all the time and a lot of the stuff isn't within your comfort zone and it isn't within your ideal mm -hmm. capability. So, you know, I think a lot of singers will get to a point where they go, this is what I'm best at, I'm just going to do this. This is, you know, where I'm at. Yeah. But you, so you go on, Southern Suns, you explode, you're traveling, you, the whole thing is just, is brilliant. You've still got the wicked hair. Wicked And hair. then you marry Rebecca Gibney, right? Oh, and this no, is- that happened during, at the beginning of all of that. Yeah, really so, like, so you, you would think it was just like the- Well, this is front page of Women's Weekly Perfection. How yeah. do you reflect on that? whole section of life now. Oh, it was a fucking catastrophe. Was on it? A, on a, on the, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had to, they, it was amazing. It was great. Mm. But it was, but it was also a car crash waiting to happen. Right. Like it was just, it was, it was just, it was coming. Yeah. But you know, you can't, 
you can't, you don't know what you don't know that you don't know, and you can't see what's in a blind spot. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, I was just kind of winging it. And, um, and it was an extraordinary experience, but there was so much. I mean, you're still a kid as well. Yeah, I was a kid. I was a kid. And, you know, like, and I used to think that, you know, groups of people went to the toilet to keep each other company together. You know what I mean? Like, I had no, you don't see what you don't know is going, like, you just, what's not there for you, it was just was not there for me. I didn't see any, there was all this stuff happening in the background, you know, and behind the scenes um, that I just didn't, you know, I could, so you, it's very hard to navigate your existence when, when you really have no idea of what's really, yeah. what's really at play. Um, however, it was a great education and it taught me so much about me. Right. Yeah, even the difference between who I thought I was and who I actually was and, mm. you know, like it really revealed a lot of things for me. And that took probably up until, I don't know, 20 years ago to 25 years ago to really process. Mm. I mean, it's only, it's only really in the last 10 years for me, I think. If I was to be real honest, that I've just felt comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. You know, like, not have to be the guy that's like, laughs at every joke that someone makes, or not that you have to be an yeah. asshole about it, but you don't have to, now that I've, to make everyone happy, to try and please everyone, to not be like, oh, you know, don't, don't offend mm. anybody, or don't say the wrong thing, or, you know, I just, I used to be so concerned with upsetting the apple cart. What if you go and do an interview and say something and someone doesn't like it? You got no issues on here, mate. No, oh, I'll fucking go for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, woo. So you know, it's that's been a gift, really, that it, whole experience. And so many great things came of it. I mean, I met Dweezil Zappa, who's who's a dear, like I consider, even though we don't like talk every week, consider him a dear friend. And right. and he, that family loved me. Right during a time where I just felt completely unlovable, like, yeah. and completely just incapable of r receiving love from anybody. Wow. And, you know, like that, that was a, and you know, I probably did some of the best guitar playing that I've ever done with some of the greatest musicians I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Like, mm. you know, what a gift. And if, and if I hadn't sort of bought, you know, signed up for that whole other thing, that, ne that may never have happened, mm. you know? So I have a lot to be thankful for. for that you might time. not have ended up with All Fun and Games than me. Well, so, I definitely wouldn't have ended know, up here, It's mate. no midday show with Ray Martin. But, <laughs> but then like, you, you, there's that trajectory where, which is very, very common, you come out on the other side yeah. and you're out of work. Yeah, you know, well, there was a good 15 years where I couldn't get arrested. Yeah, and... I tried. How, how tough, <laughs> how tough is that? I mean, how do you reflect yeah, on hard. that bit now? Yeah, look, that wasn't, that was definitely challenging. That wasn't without its challenges. And I was in like an incredible relationship. Right. Like at that time, like the post Rebecca, you know, post sort of sons, um, I don't know, identity crisis. I don't know. I felt like that whole time was an identity crisis anyway, because I felt like I hadn't really crystallized what my identity was anyway. I didn't really know what I wanted either yeah. out of like even life. If you'd asked me, I would have told you. 
I would have given you an answer. Mm. However, I didn't realise what was going on for me either. Yeah. So, well, the problem there is if you think you know what you want and then you get it and then you're like, okay, so yeah, what now? Yeah, you know? well, that's right, that's right. And on a personal level, you know, I, had an ex I was in an extraordinary relationship that was really, you know, I guess I'd paid in advance for that from the, the previous one. Yeah, okay. Um, but what I didn't realise was you know, because like when it comes to kids and having a family and stuff, if you'd said to me, do you want to have kids? Oh, I want to have 10 kids. Like, yeah. oh, I want to, you know, I want to be a dad. I reckon that's too many, but yeah. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, well <laughs> just yeah, most people just, would have just said, try, try one and see yeah. how that works yeah. out for you. But, um, but what I didn't realise was that there was a big thing going on for me about that, that I didn't, that I just didn't know was there for me. Okay. That was, you know, my father passed away when I was, when I was six months old, I lost my dad. So when it came to like making a baby all of a sudden i had every excuse in the world to not have mm. a, ch a child you know we can't like we can't afford it you know I've done, i don't have any work i haven't worked i haven't had a gig for seven years you know mm. like gig but you know haven't had like you know it was really it was a real challenge and uh but really i was just making a lot of excuses for the fact that i thought i was going to have a child and die yeah and abandon okay. that child and my wife so it was a real, not to make things heavy, I know it's supposed to be kind of light, no, but, but that was, that was life for me, you know, like that mm. was what was going on. And you know, that didn't come up for me till 10 years ago. Mm. So that was there, that was the whole time, mm. that thing was there. I mean, when, when, when we talk about having kids, I'd be like, I'd feel like I was going to, going to die. Like, I wow. really feel like you can't have a child, you're going to die. Like, so of course I'd make every reason, wow. of course that's not true. It's just not even real, not even yeah. remotely real. I'm still alive now. Yes. could have made 10 kids in that time. Yeah. So, you know, it's a pretty, pretty crazy thing. But if that whole thing hadn't happened back then, you know, it never would have taken me to, that, to this place where I kind of get to just be with that and go, well, it's good to know. Mm. It's good to know. So, and you know, in the last uh, year, we've managed to just write all this material and be creative and put like, you know, because it, it's, the, I wouldn't call this, even though they're, they're called the COVID-19 sessions on my hard drive, I don't think there's anything about this time like it's right. in those songs. They're just really relationship and, and you know, humanity yeah. sort of based. Um, uh, but you know, there's some, there's a beautiful freedom that comes from realizing what's going on for you and yeah. what's running your show. Yeah. You know, once yeah. you get to be in that, you get to kind of go, oh, wow. Life just gets a lot lighter. It's always there. Like if I was, yeah. I can't, I'm not going to But knowing say, that it's there. Oh my is, God. Is, is, is just, the thing. Yeah. And, she, and she, that's a real running theme in a lot of these conversations we're having that men get to their 40s somehow. Mm. And I, I don't want to exclude women from this conversation, mm. but it's often these are the, the nature of the conversations we're having where yeah. that stuff is there, but where we think we're in control of our lives in the 20s and 30s, or we think we're in the prime of our lives in our 20s and 30s, where we're actually just distracting ourselves from that other stuff, you know. Yeah. So it is, that's yeah, interesting. Well. <laughs> yeah, and it's just really interesting too that I think with, you know, and a lot of musos, you know, all of us have been in and out of work and earn millions and then earn nothing and whatever else. But someone of your 
you know, pure talent in that very 0.000% and you still can't get a gig. I mean, what that says about the industry and yeah, certain look, times is, is I, quite remarkable. And I think that I probably wasn't my own best, like I wasn't my own best friend. I wasn't my best, yeah. the best friend to myself that I could have been. I could have honoured this. Well, but you know what? Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, it's easy for me to look back and say that I could have maybe done things differently. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean that actually anything would have changed. It was, I mean, it was only a year ago, that, or two years ago. It was only two years ago. That was where we first met. Right. I think it was where we first met. Did we first meet at Palms? That, my Palms yes. gig? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was playing you there, yeah. So, that was my first, that was the first time coming back playing the Sun songs. Yeah. And basically, I'd had a conversation with, with Darren, with Dee and I said, mate, he was hassling me to do it. And I said, look, let's just put this thing to rest. Yeah. I don't think anyone's gonna come. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone's interested. However, I put everything into that show, like that first yeah. show. I didn't hold back at all. I wasn't, I didn't half ass it. I didn't like piss around and think, oh, I went, you know, like I, was I played full out for that show yeah. um, because I wanted to give it its best shot. And it was only then that I really honestly believed that I kind of came back in a band setting where I could truly enjoy playing that music again. Because you know when you talk about, cap you're talking about capabilities of your, like, you know, all your abilities in your, musically where you are, you know, yeah. as a songwriter or whatever. I was, Phil always wrote like right on that top level of my ability. Okay. Where like I was reaching outside of where I really thought I was capable, capable of all the time. So going back and doing those songs again was a real absolute full of head fuckery. Like I started singing them and thought, I can't sing these songs anymore. Like, and it was- And you can't sing them because- Because I've been they're, singing they're, a they're completely different way. Right, okay. and, I, and I hadn't been using that kind of part of my voice for yes. decades. Yeah, yeah. Literally. And, um, and it took, it was about a month out and I said to Didi, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this, wow. this gig. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to deliver this thing. Anyway, as, as it turned out, it just gave me a, uh, and look, the, the, the moral of the story was, ba was basically that it was only up until a couple of years ago that I was really prepared to go and play these songs full yeah. out, like be com committed to doing that yeah. and um, give it its best shot. And I also think that the timing was right. I think if I'd done that 10 years ago, maybe no one would have come. There's a real element of putting yourself out there with that though. You know, you're yeah. standing there naked in front of people. Gee, it's funny to hear you say that because I didn't realise it was quite that extreme in terms of how you felt mm. and how... I think I was just scared, like, it, to be honest with you. Well, and, and fair enough, but, yeah. you know, and which goes back to the stuff we were talking about, about the thing hanging around your neck at 19 and ending up at, at that point. But, the, yeah. I mean, obviously, that show sells out. It was oh. fucking great, by the way. You just but, tapped into but, something there because I felt something, like, immediately when you said that. Yeah, yeah. I just but, felt but the same pressure. It was but, funny. It just, like, went, Ugh, Yeah. Like, hey, you know, but we're there. watching, we're sitting around at Soundcheck and there were a lot of cats 
working on that gig that have been, they've worked with everyone from yeah. Farnham down, right? Yeah. There are a lot of guys around there, guys that we'd all worked with on various times. Yeah. And we're sitting watching you at Towncheck and there's, and these are guys that are pretty hard to impress. And we're all looking at each other going, this is just, this yeah. is complete. This is just flawless. Yeah. And yet you're telling me that you weren't sure whether you could even pull it off when it was, you know, oh, it I was, was shitting myself. Like, yeah. And you know, you're so good. Because I guess even though, I'm, even though I'm present to what was going on for me, it doesn't mean it wasn't going on. Yeah. It just means you can grab it. You can catch it. You know, it's like... It means you have a bit a sense of vigilance around it. That yeah. You can sort of say, okay. Yeah, Tanya and I call awareness. it thanks for sharing. It's okay. like, so I didn't have the thanks for sharing before. What would happen is whatever it was would come in, that feeling would come in. And I guess, you know, some people, you know, do blow, some people drink, some people get hookers, some people drive fast cars. So, like some people just go off the rails to try and manage that feeling because it's or huge. to distract yourself. Massive, from yeah, it's massive. And it's not a thing that, you know, it's completely irrational for a start. It feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and it isn't, it isn't. Yeah. Nothing's there. Yeah. You're just going to do a gig. You're going to go and sing some songs. Yeah. Guess what, mate? If you're lucky, some people will show up. Yeah. They'll have a great time. Like, what's wrong? There were plenty Nothing's of people there with cassettes no, that's asking you to sign them. Right? Nothing's wrong. But, but there's this, this mechanism that's, that can really get in the way of you enjoying your, your experience, yeah. you know? And Tanya and I have this... Uh, Tanya Doko, for those of you who don't know, she's like my best little, bestest little buddy. And we have this thing called Thanks For Sharing. And basically when that thing comes in, when that idea comes in, you know, you, maybe you're writing a song and this idea comes in, you're, you're stuck and this idea says, yeah, that's right. You're not gonna finish this song. And maybe in the old days, I probably would have gone, you're right. Yeah, okay. And just, just thrown it away, just thrown it away. But basically, you just say, thanks for sharing, I've got a song to finish. And you just get back into it. You acknowledge it, you let it sort of, you know, come into your world and then you just kind of, you just throw it away. And, um, and this, that show was an exercise yeah. in, that, in working that muscle, working the thanks for sharing muscle. Just See, I had no, no idea that it was that, that, that strange. It was so amazing to hear you say that, particularly too, because it was so, so great. Yeah, and that even, you. and even, I thought and, you were great. I and, mean, and, that's, and that's, this isn't a bloody, you know, like, oh, no, you were great, no, you were great. But I was, I absolutely loved your set. And, you know, it's, it's, it was only after that night that I realized your achieve, your musical achievements. Because, um, you know, I don't pay a lot of, I don't pay that much attention to. You've got to look pretty hard to find nah. it. <laughs> well, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that hard to find it. Yeah. It wasn't that hard to find it. The Dadbot Project is here to help, educate and inspire Aussie blokes to reclaim their physical and mental strength. The thing that really stuck out about your early, your you know, teenage into this, you were a real student mm. of the guitar and a student I of the music. I love it, man. Are you still a student in the same way? Are you yeah. still spending as much time? Yeah. Do you still practice the yeah. guitar? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and just, so, so every once in a while, Virgil will invite me to participate in something. Okay. And it's usually something that is fucking terrifying musically yeah, okay. for me. And I don't, because I don't play that genre. Jack Jones still gets terrified. Oh man, stuff. It's, not, it's not hard. <laughs> so, you know, 
but I always say yes first. I just go, yeah, that'll be great. You bet, yeah. And then I panic. Yeah. And then I get the music and I panic some more. Yes. And then I start, like I just sink my teeth into it and I'm overwhelmed and I think there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this. And then something happens and you just push through. And it's like when you exercise. If you just exercise until you don't want to exercise anymore and then you stop, mm. well, you know, that's where, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? So if that's how you, if that's how you, you know, if that's going to be your approach, then you can expect that result that you just, you'll just almost get there all the time. But for me, it was always about pushing through. So I've learned to, to circumnavigate that thing that makes me not want to do something by saying yes first. So I commit to it. Yeah. And then my integrity is on the line. So I've got to deliver something. Mm. And Verge is that guy that always has selfishly by saying yes to it, what I get out of it is I get to deliver something that is greater than what I thought I was capable of. Mm. So he's one of those guys in my life that brings that in my, into that my world. That he's still doing it now. He was, he was the guy that, I mean, we, this was back at the start, and the fact that you still have someone oh, that is, cause he's, is pushing you in that way oh my God, to that, this day. And that guy, he practices eight hours a day. Still. Still. Yeah. Like, he's a, an absolute beast. Like yeah. the guy is, I just saw, th I just saw one of his posts on Insta the other day. Yeah. He's just gone to, he's in Italy at the moment and he's running up this hill and it's in fast motion and the thing fucking goes forever. Right. Forever. It's like, mm -hmm. it's just, it just keeps going. And then you hear <laughs> at the end and he gets to the, like the precipice. And I remember when I used to, I used to run the canyon in LA with a mate of mine, with Aaron Hendra. We used to go and do the canyon a few times a week. And every time I did it, I'd fucking hate it. Yeah. I thought, I just want to kill myself. I want to, and, but you'd get to the top of it and we'd look at each other and we'd look down on LA and we'd be like, you know what? We're on the top of LA today. Mm. We made it. We survived another day in this town. Like we did it. And there's just something that, that, you know, and particularly during, and I want to harp on this time, but particularly during this time, and you know, Reg is another one of those guys in my world that's been that, and I've got another mate, Storm, who, like all of these people, like really yeah. have believed in me a lot. Yeah. And I feel like an, that I have a responsibility to deliver for them. Yeah, um, well that's why they're good for you. Right? And, yeah. they're, and you know, they don't judge, they don't, but you know, They'll also just let you hang yourself out to dry. Mm. They'll just go, ah. wow. if I say to Reg, you'll get something on Friday, I'm shooting for Thursday. Yeah. Like, you know, I just want to be my word all the time with that yeah. sort of stuff. So, you know, it's important for me to just maintain the integrity on my work ethic. And during this time, I guess it's been a gift on... If you have to look at it some way, I've got to look at it. If I've got to, you know, I've got to take the silver lining with all this absolute garbage that we've... Because, you know, mate, if I sat here and said, you know, it's been a fucking joy not being able to work for 10 months, you know, not really. Yeah. It's been the... 
diabolical time. It's been that, shit. It's been and really we, hard, And I think we're allowed know? to say it's shit. I want to acknowledge that. And it's yeah. funny, you know, it's very apt that you and I have this conversation because we were together when the news came, oh, right? Brother. We're sitting there like this, right? Brother. And so um, I'm, I'm a bit, I try to be a bit careful about those conversations because we understand that people have passed away and we understand that yeah. there are people that, that people we know oh, can't yeah. feed their kids on the back of this. A lot of singers yeah. we know, you yeah. know. So, but at the same time, <laughs> we don't want to underplay it for ourselves because this started as a pause. Yeah. It's turned to a complete pivot. And this started yes. as potentially the, 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 the biggest, <laughs> the biggest challenge of our business lives and it's turned into possibly the biggest challenge of our lives, mm -hmm. you know. So it has yeah. been, enormous and all the stuff and we've talked a lot about gratitude and making ourselves better and all that sort of stuff and the conversations you have with yourself when your feet touch the floor and are you in a negative thought pattern all that sort of stuff yeah gee whiz we've had to call on that over the last eight months yeah. like and and we're not we're not thoughts. we're not finished we're not finished no. with that stuff but the other thing that is really highlighted just when you're saying about virgil doing eight hours a day and this is the thing i think for the the kids watching at home mm. if there are any kids watching at home but the just the fact that those right at the very top end are still as dedicated now as they were. I'm still and, learning. And, you and know, that's what, stuff it, all that's the what time. it takes. That, you know, in the, I remember talking to Tommy Emmanuel, who oh, said, and, and gee, it was like, and it's bless. like, because I thought I knew how to play the guitar, and I didn't think I was great. I was like, I know how to play guitar. And then, and then it's, it's midday, and I said, you know, do you still practice? He goes, what do you mean I still practice? It's lunchtime, I've done three hours already. What yeah. do you, what a stupid fucking question. You know, so that's, a, uh, that's interesting. Here's the question for you though. Is singing hard um, for you? It's, get, it's getting easier. I think, it, I, well, the thing that m has made it hard for me has been not just being the inability to let go when I'm doing it. Right. So as I let yeah. go of the idea of what people thought of me, like, yeah. okay, so the Suns reunite and in the middle of playing festivals, I get some horrific lurgy that Jeff had and I lose my voice. Mm. So I've got to go out and sing or attempt to sing in front of thousands of people. And you're hitting some notes. And, um, and yeah, and those, ge those songs are not an easy sing. You can't yeah. blag your way through it and people are expecting something. Yeah. You know, I went and saw my ENT. He was like, you can't, you gotta stop talking, you gotta stop everything. Yeah. I'm like, mate, that's just really not a possible, that's not an option on the table at the moment for yeah. me. ENT's ear, nose and throat specialist. Yeah, right, right. So, so he, he was like, you know, look, there's no, he goes, your cords are ridiculously, ridiculously swollen. There's no bleeding, there's no bruising, but you know, and these songs require me doing things with my voice that take effort, like they're, for me. The acrobatic. Then just, and, and really pushing it. Yeah. But the amazing thing that came from that was just this kind of sense of fate, like, guess what, mate? You've got to show up and you've got to sing this yeah. set. You've got to do it. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to show up and be a fucking whiner yeah. and like piss and moan and not enjoy it? And everyone else is... So in the end, I just went, I just have to give it up. I just got to let it go. Yes. You get the best that I've got every day that I show up to go to work. 
Like, you're gonna get the best of me, and if the best of me is me asking you to participate and help me sing along, then that's up to you guys. Yeah. But, you know, I gave it my best every night, but really it was, what it, what, to answer your question was, is that for me it's so much more fun singing when you don't carry all that expectation yeah. around with you that no one puts on you. But this is the thing that only a... So I'm only starting to enjoy it now. I'm 49, man. Like, yeah. And I'm just... If, if I could write something, if I could speak to my previous self, yeah. I would be drilling into that guy. Relax, man. Just don't worry. Don't, yeah. It doesn't fucking matter, mate. It doesn't matter. Yeah. These are not the hills you want to die on. Enjoy this stuff. It's beautiful. Go yeah. out there and sing and give the kids what they want. Let them, you know, just do it. You don't know how rare it's going to be for you to look back on the fact that you've had hits. Like, yeah. you don't know how rare that is. Yeah. Like, you're just having them. You think you're going to have them for the rest of your life. Yeah. You think that they're always just going to, these magical hits are just going to, yeah. like, of course. And it's such a disingenuous, it sounds so egotistical or, or arrogant. It's the height of arrogance for me to say that now. Like, but it was the height of naivety, believing that. Yeah. Like, I just thought if you practice and you work hard, then this stuff just comes. Like, but the thing is, it did. Right? I know. So your, your 16-year-old self says, I'll do this. And right. then it's like, so it did actually happen. And then it kept happening. And then, you, you know, so that's why I was asking why you reflect on that time. Because yes. you had no other yes. information to suggest that's not the case. No. And it all just unfolded. Um, it was funny, you know, I had this, I had a great hang with Roger Glover one night after we were, when Electric Mirror was opening for Deep Purple. And Roger and I did, we had some really great hangs during that time. Um, had a great hang with Ian after a show one night. We watched the foot, the soccer. Um, but we also had this hang back, back at the hotel uh, bar and we were outside. That was when I was on the darts. We were having a, having a bit of a smoke and, oh, he didn't smoke darts, but anyway, we were smoking. And he goes, um, he goes, a fan came up to me the other night and said, aren't you, like, are you, are you so surprised that you know, that you're still doing this? Like, it must be such a surprise to you. Mm. Um, and he goes, actually, it's not a surprise at all. It's, it's exactly how I planned it. And he goes, when yeah. I was a kid, he goes, when I was at school, kids were drawing, you know, trucks and this and that. He goes, I was drawing stage plots with audiences with me on it. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I understand that. Like, I get that that was just that was your dream and when you it's you just create your reality with all of those thoughts yeah it's a weird thing it sounds so i mean i don't i don't subscribe to the opinion that you could just sit at home and dream things and it'll happen for you but maybe for some people it does mm. but i think if you really work hard and you're focused and and you have those dreams that you you kind of just manifest it somehow you know, Ron Lee once said to me, luck is when preparation and opportunity meet. So always do your best to be prepared. Yep, just, just in case. Prepare yourself, because you know, you, you may, if you don't do that, if you don't prepare yourself, look, what you don't want to turn out to be in life 
is bitter and resentful and angry mm. and spiteful and you'll take it out on the people that you love you'll take it out on the world around you you won't be a great person to be around like you know and if you don't do the work you might miss those opportunities and you may think that you're really unlucky whereas you may have been really lucky but you didn't deliver because you didn't put the time in you're already building a case for things to not work out for yourself you know mm. so I've always been of the opinion that, you know, you want to be responsible for your luck if you can. It yeah. doesn't mean, look, if I auditioned for Katy Perry's, you know, guitar player gig and didn't get it because a 19 year old got it, it might not be because I wasn't a good enough guitar player. It might have just be because that wasn't what they were, they weren't looking for a guy of my age group, you know, but I'm mm. not going to walk around and be upset about that either. Mm. I'm just going to be like, well, whatever, I'll go and make another record. Yes. You know, um, but I just, I just feel like you've got to be, you've got to hold yourself accountable and responsible for, you know, but, but you've got to believe those things will happen for you too. Mm. You, or you won't see them when they, yeah. you know, when Verge called me up to, play, to sing in a band, if I just thought, oh, I'm not going to, I can't sing in that band. I mm. never would have got, put my other foot forward and said... But oh, you'd I'm already gotten up every Saturday morning on the <laughs> yeah, train at six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. So you're already there and that's already right. doing it. And I do love it. Like, even though there were times when I didn't want to practice and didn't want to, you know, I still, I still love... It. The one thing that I really got out of music that I can... was that it was something I could... Like, what I, what I gave to what I got back from it. And now as a songwriter... I feel like that about, you know, like writing, writing songs. Like, mm. I just feel like I'm such a baby when it comes to being a songwriter. Right. So, you know, now that's getting me up every day. Yeah. You know, so I'm practicing a little guitar. I'm getting in the studio. You know, Reg, is, Reg has been amazing. He was out the other day, built a frame for my console. And, you know, like we were putting the studio together and I'm thinking, oh my God, there's so much I've got to learn about this. Like, oh, mm. it's, it's not enough time, yeah, okay. you know. Again, if I'd, if I'd had the presence of mind to not worry so much, I may have been able to get yes. a little bit more done. But the worrying, so is, and the, worrying is a, the worrying is a bit of a singer thing, though. And this is a conversation a singer can only have with another singer. Mm. And please, Do people... You? Please, people... Oh, I have for a long time in that... Sorry, tell and, me. Well, what I was going to say is I'm not putting myself in your echelon as a singer or even oh. close, because it's, it's like this. It honestly no, is. But, no, but no, there, is a, there is a pressure that... When you're singing your six shows a week and you wake, the first thing when you wake up, fuck, have I had enough sleep? Oh, yeah. Am I going to hit my notes? Right, I can't talk on the phone today. And there's a relentlessness to that, oh, yeah. that I got yeah. to a point where I couldn't do that anymore. Phil you know, used to say that in our interview, like we'd go and do interviews and Phil used to say, you don't, like, and he'd look, like he'd be pointing to me because I'd be there with him, but he'd be like, like for this guy, even though the show is like two hours, the other 22 hours is all about that two hours. Every second of it. Every second. That's everything you do, every phone call, everything you eat, everything yeah. you're, you're thinking is... There's, there's no a dairy for this guy. There's no partying after the yeah. show for this guy. There's no late nights, you know, hanging out with everyone and meeting and greeting. It's like shaking hands a few... Shaking a few hands and seeing the people that you have to see and then it's off to bed for you, mate. Yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, that was... That was something that I... I think compounded with you know I can get four hours sleep and go and play guitar like mm. I'm tired but I can still show up and my yeah. hands will work you bet but you know as a singer it's a completely different um, 
It's there all the time. It's, yeah, it's and a, how good is it when, when you wake up and you go, I don't have to sing today and I don't have to sing tomorrow. It's like, <laughs> doesn't matter if I'm tired. doesn't and, matter. And I, then I'm like, nervous about like yeah. whether, I can, whether I'm going to forget how to do it. It's such a... Yeah. It's such a... It's really and, full of... And the problem is, is that you will have slept four hours some nights and you sing like a bird. And then other nights you're brilliant and you just me. and you can't hit your, your top four notes. And you're like, you know, I'd, so that's, that's the thing no one understands. But it is interesting to hear, a, you know, someone who is a, a complete singer like yourself to still have that pressure. And well, just, and that you're probably... that, but I'm flattered by you. And that, that, that you're probably a bit better at dealing with that now, you know. Yeah, I just than, don't worry about it because it's yeah. like... You get what you get and you don't get upset. Yes. Like, this is the thing, man. You know, I could, I would panic. Like, you know, I'd, I'd wake up two hours after I went to bed in a cold sweat. You know, my ears would be itching. I'd have hay fever. Oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to sing. Yeah, yeah. I won't have a voice. And the anxiety and the stress and, like, and if I could only go back and, and just say to myself, and not even say to myself, because everyone said it to me. Yeah. But if I, could con- if I could speak into the listening of my former self and just say, to, like communicate to that guy, really the worry is only making it worse. Yeah. Like the best mm. thing you can do is just be in what you got and don't worry. And you know, man, and look, ironically, Tech, technically, I should have more things to worry about now. Shit's on the internet. Jesus, your gig's on the internet before you finished it these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. people are recording your show, like, they're not even at your gig, they're at it. Yeah. You know, like, they're experiencing it through, their, through this little screen, and there's this huge thing happening, you know. And not that that's a criticism, but, but we live in this world where everything is so instant, and it comes and goes so quick. And yet, for us, it's there forever. Like, don't worry. I don't read any reviews anymore. Right. I don't go and look at live shit that I've done anymore. Don't you? I okay. don't do it. I yeah. don't fucking do it, man. Yeah. Because, look, and I heard Joe Rogan talk about this too. Because it's, and it's treacherous for me. Because I'm so hard on myself. Like, I'm so tough on myself that... You know, the, the 10,000 things that are complimentary won't resonate. But the one prick that says, that's got to, the one fucking troll that's got to just fucking say something, you know, like yeah. just got to have a little, you know, the, the armchair fucking critic, you know, whatever. Guess what? That's who I'm listening to. Hmm. And I know that that's what, what my listening is. So... Not that it really, not that I give a shit about it these days, but I just don't, ent- I don't indulge it, I don't entertain it, because it's like, you know what, here's, here's, the, here's my, my best, my time is best spent doing other things. Yes. And, and even, you know, like, my time's better spent making music and writing songs and calling up my mates during this time and asking them how they're going. Yeah. Then, then reading, you know, what... If, if to you know, see how many hearts I've got on something, or mm. it's just not a true indicator, and you know, it's a dang, it's a slippery slope, you know. So, 
it's ironic that I care so much less about that stuff now and there's so much more of it out there. Yeah. But I guess the flip side is back in the day, you know, someone be, would be coming to review your show and that was in a newspaper that didn't just come and go. It was, someone that, it was something that someone sat at their breakfast table and their dinner yeah. table and read cover to cover, like every fucking article, every part of the art section, every part of, you know, what was, you know, the financials, like what was happening in Melbourne, what was happening in Sydney, like what, people used to do that, folks. They used to, you know, <laughs> they used to really like pay attention. Whereas people say stuff on the internet, even like say stuff now, they don't even think about what they're saying, the implications of it. Yeah. So I guess there was this huge, there was a huge gravity, a weight around a review that, you know, if so-and-so didn't like your record or so-and-so didn't like your gig, they could fucking crush you. Yeah, okay, yeah. Whereas now, take your fucking best shot, like go yeah. for it. You know, like, it's just, uh, there's so many of them out there, like, kicking around mm. that it just seems like, well, this person like this person. You can't please everybody all no. the time. Like, and that's something we've all got to get better at. Yeah. But if you want my review, and if I can tell you, I mean, I bull bullshitted my way onto a lot of bills over time and a lot no, of... And a lot of I Stephen Bradbid my way onto <laughs> some, you know, particularly early on, you know, tours I'd, with international artists and national artists I didn't deserve. But I can no, tell you, I kids, did. this guy is the best that I've ever seen. And in 2021, if you're out, whether you remember Southern Sons or a fan or whatever, if he's anywhere, you must go and check him out. He's going to knock your socks off. And if I'm on the bill, go a little bit earlier. Well, you're Brother, you're, we haven't you're, even finished this game, I know. but um, well, thanks for being on All Fun and Games, mate. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. It's so good to see you, man. Thanks you for too. having me. Sorry, I probably went way over time, but um, thanks. Mate, thanks, we've, buddy. we've learnt, uh, I reckon we've learnt one or two things. It's been a long time since we've seen each other, so yeah. it's nice to catch up. Yeah, with better news on the horizon. Yeah, that's right. Good 2021 mm. coming, mate. Good 2021. Amen. Good Christmas to you. Good Happy New Year and all that sort of business. And yeah, I probably would have won, I reckon. I, I you, was, were, you were on the trip. You were on the way, mate. <laughs> <laughs>